Hey y'all, welcome to episode 11 of the Roaring Out podcast called Why I'm Ditching New Year's Resolutions. First off, I want to say happy holidays. Uh, Right now I'm spending time with my family and I hope you are too. I pre-recorded this ahead of time. Um, So it's a bit of a time warp. Very cool stuff. Um, And if you're not spending time with family, I hope that you are doing something that makes you happy. So around this time of year, Many people make New Year's resolutions and, you know, that's cool. It's a very popular idea. And for a few years, I've been doing that as well, Um, probably in the early, say, like maybe starting around 2010 or so. And what was interesting is I noticed that a common response for others um, upon seeing my long list of resolutions, usually about 10 items or so, was... I get overwhelmed just looking at your list. And I always thought that was a bit odd because at the time I didn't think it was very overwhelming, but now I see why it really is. You know, after a few years of making a lot of these goals that I didn't think were such a big deal or too hard to accomplish, I see why um, it is very overwhelming. And You can see some examples of my resolutions lists on my blog. I'll provide that link in the show notes if you want to see what I've tried and succeeded at and also tried and failed at. So over the years, like I said, I noticed that I too get pretty overwhelmed with my lists of resolutions. But more importantly, I also noticed that many of my New Year's goals just didn't stay important to me or relevant. Uh, My priorities changed over the course of a year, which is totally normal. And so it just seemed odd to me that I would set these resolutions out in the beginning of the year when I knew that probably over half of them would fall by the wayside because other things became more important to me. And there's no way I could know that until I was deep in the year. Some examples of these resolutions that just didn't become important to me or maybe shifted over the years. Um, I'll share a few of those examples with you. One year I made a resolution to read 60 books in the year, but they were in specific categories. So what I mean by that is I'm on Goodreads and I can provide the link to my profile in the show notes as well. If you'd like to be friends And Goodreads, if you don't know what that is, um, it allows you to keep track of books that you have read previously. You can give them star ratings. You can write reviews or make notes about the books so you can remember all of the feelings that you felt when you read or initial impressions of the book or what have you. And it also helps me keep track of the books I read in any given year, which is mostly what I use it for. So those 60 books, when I made that resolution, I wanted 20 of them to be from my to-be-read list on Goodreads. Um, I wanted 20 to be um, from books that I own, like physical copies, but I haven't read yet. And I wanted the other 20 to be what's called ARCs, or Advanced Reader Copies. Since I do blog, and I do blog about books sometimes, I'm able to get what are called advanced reader copies from publishers from time to time. So there you have it. I wanted 60 books, 20 from my to-be-read list on Goodreads, 20 ARCs or advanced reader copies, and 
20 books that I own but haven't read yet. And what ended up happening is that I read a ton of books from my to-be-read list. I just kind of hit the ground running with that and didn't want to stop. And yet I felt this pressure to stop and switch gears even when I didn't really want to. So it created this tension of, well, I am reading quite a few books and completing that aspect of the challenge, but I'm not doing it in the categories I initially set out. And come to find out, those categories weren't really that important to me. What was important to me was that I have a regular reading schedule and regular reading habit, which I was doing. Um, And yet I I found myself being sort of thwarted by these arbitrary rules I set out for myself in the beginning of the year. So while I was succeeding in one area, overall, I felt like I was failing. Another example of that was uh, one year, it actually may have been the same year as the 60 books challenge, was I wanted to pay off a credit card. Now that's an important goal and one that I still hold. Um, and yet I wasn't flexible with how I defined paying off that credit card. What ended up happening and what usually happens is that other financial goals sort of come in the way I I started saving quite a bit that year and that was great. But then I realized towards the end of the year, I wasn't going to be able to fully pay off that credit card because of the interest. So what I did was I got a lower interest loan and transferred that balance. So it looked like I had paid off that one card. And yet, because my New Year's resolution was to actually pay off the card, I felt like I had failed. Um, so it, it, you see here how resolutions are very wonderful in theory, but in practice, they don't often give a whole lot of leeway or options. Because of that, I needed to come up with a better system, and I'm very happy to say that I have, and I'm very eager to share it with you. And the better system is twofold. It's one reason why I changed and one reason for the new better system. So the first reason is, and as I've been mentioning throughout, is that priorities change. You can't really know or predict what's going to be important for you In any given span, particularly a year, so much happens that you just cannot predict. And I started noticing that the goals I set out for myself at the beginning of the year, either the priorities within that goal changed or the goal as a whole just didn't stay important to me. And I kind of wanted to scrap it. And yet I felt obligated to keep it because you know, for some arbitrary, I set out to do this in the beginning of the year and come hell or high water, I'm going to do it. And that just wasn't working for me. I wanted to be sure that goals I set for myself are worthy of my time and that they were doable and flexible. So because of this, point two is the better way that I found. Now, I in no way, shape or form came up with this. I discovered this um, in the beginning of this pat this year that thing uh, 2015 I signed up for a year of painting by Alana Hennessy and her first video talks about coming up with a word for the year now this word is one that you'll have this sort of attachment to throughout the year and will sort of encompass your goals 
for the year. My word for 2015 was gather. And what I found that having about with having a word for the year is that it's very versatile and can be interpreted in many ways. And that's actually one of the reasons I chose gather um, because it is so uh, prone to interpretation. Now, in years past, I felt like I had given so much of myself and I wanted a year to recharge and not put so much pressure on myself to produce and um, give of myself, but really, again, more a year of recharge. So gather really allowed me to do that because I focused the year in gathering information. Um, I signed up for a bunch of e-courses. I also listened um, to quite a few podcasts where I gathered information and also looked at a lot of online e-courses. And if you want a bit more information on the e-courses and resources, particularly art resources that I've gathered over the past year, take a listen to episode five of the podcast, which is how I came to accept my art. Now, gather also to me signifies gathering and getting together with family and friends. And because gather is the way I interpreted it was gathering information and also gathering and getting together with family and friends. It really helped me prioritize making time what was useful and important to me. Other ways I gathered throughout the year was gathering supplies for a creative project. I also gathered knowledge and expertise from my teaching colleagues. I made that a priority as well. Now, as I mentioned, it was a year of taking in um, of receiving for me and really renewing myself and seeing what was important to me throughout the year. It was also a year of experimentation. I had never worked with a yearly word. And I have to say it was a really great success because it wasn't so much about keeping in touch with these arbitrary goals that in the beginning of the year were very important, but couldn't, I felt couldn't really change over the span of the year. But it was really more about setting some priorities straight in the beginning of the year with this word and carrying them through and as need need be amending them or, you know, um, not fixing them so much as maybe reprioritizing. And you may be thinking, well, Michelle, have you thought about 2016's word? And I certainly have. I've come up with three words, actually, and I'm, I'm leaning towards one, but I, I haven't quite chosen yet. So the three words I'm thinking about for 2016, they're all in the same vein, but I haven't settled on one particular one. The three words that are in the running are share, cultivate, and foster. Now, again, they're all in the same vein. Since 2015 was more a renewal year for me and more focused on receiving, I want 2016 to be more focused on giving and sharing what I have received. And I've certainly started that this year with this podcast, but I want to focus more on that in 2016. I'm honestly leaning more towards share, but I do like cultivate and foster. So we'll, we'll see where I fall uh, when 2016 does indeed uh, come around in full swing. As I mentioned, I want 2016 to focus more on sharing what I've learned um, that can be obviously through teaching, which I already do, 
um, an adjunct at a few schools in New Jersey. It can also be, say, sharing a meal. So there's still that aspect of gathering and that I'll share with family and with friends. And it also folds in these other goals that I have, like sharing my work on social media and cultivating more of a community in certain spaces, both uh, virtual and in real life. So the, the reason that I love yearly words is because it offers the options and flexibility that resolutions just didn't, but it still provides a focus as well. Like I certainly need a focus throughout the year. Otherwise, I end up spending my time on things that while they make me feel good in the moment, long term, they don't provide any real satisfaction or move me towards long term goals that I may have. And words really offer these options and flexibility because they can be interpreted, even though it is one word, it can be interpreted in so many different ways. Now, all of this isn't to say that resolutions are bad and that you shouldn't do them. If resolutions are a system that works for you, hey, more power to you. Keep doing it. Do what works for you resolutions ended up just not working for me. So I needed a better system um, and I needed more of a yearly focus as opposed to a bulleted list of different focuses that I couldn't, or at least I felt I couldn't reprioritize at certain points within the year. If you'd like to come up with your own word, here's a list of things, well, not really a list, but a number of ideas that can help you come up with a word, I'd say make a quick list of some small goals, say maybe three to five goals, not necessarily long term, but things that you would like to focus on in the coming year and see if there's a theme. Oftentimes there will be. Choose a word that you like and that can encompass this goal, the goals that you set out and also leaves room for other goals as well. So many of my goals for the semester, not the semester for the year, rather, I'm, I'm thinking of teaching, can you tell, um, had a lot to do, obviously, with sharing. I knew that I really wanted to focus on the outward, since in 2015, I focused very much on my inner life. So I want to focus on the outward and I wanted to continue cultivating a community. That's something that's really important to me, both virtually and in real life. So I felt like share, cultivate and foster really focused on that. Now, another sort of ritual that I started this uh, year in 2015 is after choosing a word, I illustrate it. And I that really focuses on the art aspect of my life and something that I really want to focus on again is art. Now, you may not feel that way. Maybe you don't want to illustrate it. Maybe you want to get an accountability partner, someone who will hold you to your word and check in with you from time to time. Maybe that's your way of sort of illustrating your goal. <clears throat> that's one way of doing it as well. Um, so I, like I said, I illustrated last year and I will be sharing my illustration on Instagram so if you want to follow me to keep up with that illustration and also with my goals, feel free to follow me on Instagram. There is a link for that in the show notes. Now, so that's why I'm ditching New Year's resolutions. And these last two points, um, I'm actually very excited because there are new things I'm starting 
in the new year that do go along with this whole sharing, cultivating, fostering idea. One is that I'm very excited to announce a new podcast series that I will be doing. Uh, It'll be week long, so there will be episodes every day uh, for one week starting on Monday, January 4th. And it's, I'm calling it the Everything I Know About series. So from the 4th through the 8th, my podcast episodes will start with Everything I Know About. Um, and they'll cover everything from confidence to curiosity. Um, because I'm starting this series on the 4th and it will be week long, there will be no podcast on the 1st. Um, because I just sort of want to save that momentum for that new series. So I'll share quite a bit. Um, And if you've been following this podcast, you know that I share quite a bit on it. Um, I share a lot of what I know and what I've learned. So now what I want to share in the new year is the people that have helped me along the way and how they've helped me with certain tasks, like I mentioned, you know, everything from confidence to curiosity, to revision, to writing, lots of good stuff, lots of goodies coming up, and lots of gems of wisdom or knowledge. Um, Now, this five-day series, as I mentioned, runs from the 4th through the 8th, and I really, really hope that you will join me in listening and also sharing. The other thing I want to mention is Muse Moments. So, In my newsletter, and if you aren't a part of my newsletter, which I send out twice per month, there'll be a link in the show notes to register and sign on. Um, In October and, no, I'm sorry, September and November of 2015, I started what's called Muse Moments. So twice weekly in those months, those who signed up, I shared uh, prompts that were suitable both for writing and for art, for visual art, for artists of all ages and stages, um, from beginner to advanced. One reason that they're able to cover such a wide variety of skill levels is because kind of like the yearly word, they're able to be interpreted in a number of ways. I provide some guidance, but you as the artist or writer are able to take it in any direction you choose. Now, the next round of Muse Moments begins on January 5th, um, and if you would like more info and, to, sh- and uh, to sign up, I'll provide that link in the show notes as well. Um, and just as a quick reference, um, that link will be my personal website, which you can find at www.michellegreco.com. Thanks so much for joining me, you guys. As always, I would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback or just want to continue the conversation, feel free to reach out either by emailing or from one of the other links provided in the show notes. And also, as always, if you like this podcast, please rate it. There's a link for that in the show notes as well. So this is the last podcast for 2015, and I'm very, very excited because the next time I will you guys will hear me and I'll see you guys will be on the fourth when I start the new series. I am so excited to share all of these resources with you. 
So happy holidays, you guys, and I'll see you next year. Ha ha ha. I, I had to do it. I had to. I had to end it with uh, the bad joke. So I'll see you guys next year. Have a great holiday.